Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. As much of an unprecedented time period as that this is, we were able to dig in on free agency, make the Bears a better football team. Right now, we're taking this one day at a time. And that's our focus is on the draft. You know, I know we'll catch up with all you guys right before the draft, but I can tell you guys right now, we're ready for everything. That's drafting from Hallis Hall. That's a remote location. It's from our homes. Whatever they tell us to do, we'll be ready. And we're just going to follow the experts in that area. That's Ryan Pace, interim Bears general manager. This is Saturday Suckage, Rosenblum and Grody. We're here till 2 o'clock. Um, you know, Mark, if the Bears actually wanted to draft from a remote location, they could do it from the end zone. There you go. Oh, my God. You're still killing it over there, Stevie. <laughs> Connecting we, dots, uh, boarding planes, doing what you do. We're going to go to the Alpamonte Ford hotline. Joining us on the Alpamonte Ford hotline, Alpamonte Ford in Melrose Park. From Yahoo Sports is Eric Edholm. He writes football. Sometimes the Bears play football. Eric, thanks for joining us today. I see. I'm joining the uh, the dad joke party here. I'm this, I'm going to fit in beautifully <laughs> with you guys. Yeah, it's it. So we we've been playing. We have a new segment. We're going to bring it back after we're done with you. Called "What Are You Doing, Wagner?" So what are you doing during your pandemic, besides trying to track football stuff? What are you doing? Yeah, I, I'll tell you what. You know, I've been pretty involved in the draft the last several years, so I, I'm sort of used to this whole quarantine thing, right? I dig a hole about you know. <laughs> come back from the combine around March 1st or whatever it is. And, you know, emerge uh, once in a while for food and coffee and things like that. So I'm sort of used to the routine, but obviously I, uh, I don't want to joke about it. I hope everyone out there is staying safe and healthy and everything, but yeah, I'm uh, listening to a lot of music lately just to kind of pick up the spirits a little, I guess that's the non-football thing that I've done more of lately. Eric, one of the things that we were talking about earlier was the the, the Bears. Me? Hello, are you there? Yeah, I got you. Okay, I don't know. Steve is uh, interjecting. Steve, can you hear Steve too, Eric? Check, check. One, two. I, I got you for sure. I don't know if I hear him okay. right now. But, <laughs> well, never mind, Steve. Okay. Uh, <laughs> my my question to you: One thing that Steve and I were talking about earlier was the Bears. No matter what happens this year with Nick Foles and or Mitchell Trubisky, eventually the Bears are 
probably in a position where they need to, are going to eventually need to develop a quarterback again. That is if Trubisky isn't their long-term answer. So my question to you is, is there a guy in the second round, either 43 or 50, where the Bears are picking that would be worthy, a quarterback worthy of a second round pick? Yeah, I mean, in that range, you're probably talking about a few guys. I mean, I think the ones that are that are most likely going to go first round, Joe Burrow, Tua Tungavailoa, even with the questions you know about his health, Justin Herbert, and I think Jordan Love ends up going first round. Although I suppose he could end up being like the Drew Locke of this year. You know, Locke, we thought okay, late first somewhere, somebody will trade up for him. He ended up going 42nd overall. Could that happen to Love? Sure. So. If you want to include him in the second round discussion, it's possible he could start to slide a little bit and, and get into that Bears uh, zip code a little. But the one, so I think you have to, you know, in addition to him that would look at would be three guys, probably Jake Fromm from Georgia. Some people love him, some don't. Um, Jalen Hurts from Oklahoma. Again, it's sort of a beauty in the eye of the beholder. If you're willing to sort of work with his style, you can get a really interesting playmaker. Um, Jacob Eason has the big arm, the Washington quarterback who was, you know, started ahead of Fromm in 2017 in Georgia. But he's a one-year guy, and he doesn't read the field all that well. There's some processing stuff that has to go on. I don't think Bears fans necessarily want to see something like that. But that's probably who we're talking about. Those three or four guys are the second-round options. And then, you know, there's probably a little drop-off after that. Stevie Sunshine, are you with us or no? All right, we've lost the subject. Gonna... He didn't like my dad joke joke, you know? So Yeah, no, I know. You see, you <laughs> he, you were a threat to him, man. He's like, hey, I'm the one that makes the dad jokes around here. We're going to proceed as if Steve Rosenblum was no longer part of this show. Uh, I'm Mark Grody. We're talking to Eric Edholm about the NFL draft and the Bears. And one name that I have seen pop up on more than one mock drafts and there are dozens of mock drafts that one can go through and for the bears in the second round it's very diverse in terms of names and even positions but there's a safety from lsu by the name of grant delpit which has popped up on multiple mock drafts for the bears at either 43 or 50. What is your scouting report on this safety? And is that position worthy of second round? Yeah. I mean, you know, I think coming into the season, if you just said, Hey, Grant Delpit could be available, you know, mid second round, there would have been a lot of surprise in, in the scouting community and, you know, college football fans and certainly LSU fans. I mean, he was one of those guys coming into the year. I think a lot of people felt could enter that top 10 discussion. I mean, he had a, a 2018 season that saw him as one of the best playmaking safeties in the league. Um, there were a few tackling issues that year, but those tackling concerns got really big this past season. Started with the Texas game, in my opinion, and really up until the last three games of the year, they were a consistent issue all year long. And some people have speculated, hey, he was playing on a bad ankle. That is true. He was injured this season. He also had a, a broken collarbone from the spring in 18 that he, that he had repaired. A lot of people have said, if you watch, he kind of goes in and dives at ankles and, you know, doesn't tackle with the one shoulder. He tends to favor the other side. So those are legitimate concerns, I think, that have pushed him down. He wasn't able to test the combine. That, hurt, that has hurt him, obviously, especially with all the coronavirus cancellations. He was expected to work out at the pro day. But he's a rangy guy. 
He can cover a lot of ground. He's got great size. He's got great ball skills. So, you know, is it, is it too much of a repeat for what they have in Eddie Jackson? Maybe. But, I mean, that's, that's an interesting comp right there because Eddie came in with injury questions, and he's been great. Mm-hmm. So, I, it, it's, it would be fun to see those two paired together because you could cover a lot of ground and probably not give up very many deep passes with, with that tandem right there. All right, who is a better prospect? And I'm talking about tight ends right now because both Bryce Hopkins of Purdue and Cole Komet have been suggested in several of the mock drafts to potentially be there when the Bears do pick. Who, who do you like better, Hopkins or Komet? Yeah, I like Komet better. I mean, I, I don't know that he's ever going to be – I think he's a really athletic kid. He's from Lake Barrington just up the road, played baseball, and you know, kind of a one-year performer here in Notre Dame. So – you know, there's still a little bit of a projection with him, but I think what we saw last this past season shows that if that's the starting point, really, you know, I mean, if that's sort of ground zero of where he is the prospect, he could be pretty darn good. He's not an NFL quality blocker yet, but I think the willingness is there. So you teach him some technique. I think over time he can improve in that area. He's got the physique. He's a big, naturally big kid, not fast, but, I think he has enough quickness and enough strength to get by at that position as a good receiver. So will he ever be special? Maybe not, but people said the same thing about Jason Witten and he sort of has that style of game. I'm not saying he's Witten in terms of, you know, mental toughness and, you know, and all that. And Witten became a great blocker, but that's sort of the type of player he is. Bryson Hopkins, Brad Hopkins kid. I'm Brad played at Illinois and had a great career in the NFL as a tackle. You know, he's just a little less impressive in some ways, but he's got a little more receiving chops, maybe a little faster, a little quicker. He's got big hands. He's interesting to me, but I think he's going to go lower. I think you'll see him in that fourth, fifth round range, whereas Komet, I think, some goes somewhere mid to late second round or possibly even the early third. Talking to Eric Edholm of Yahoo Sports, talking about the NFL and specifically the NFL draft. This is the Rosenblum and Grody show sans Rosenblum temporarily here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score. I suppose I should rewind a little bit, Eric. Do you have a mock for the Bears in the second round? Who do you like them taking with 43 and 50? Yeah, good question. You know, it's funny because they have the, the two picks there, and I've done some second-round mocks, and I feel like I've changed it up every time. But I do think that the positions that I've kind of looked at have been – Interior offensive line, maybe adding just a little more toughness up front. You know, a guy like a Damian Lewis from LSU or even his teammate Lloyd Cushenberry. And, you know, that's, that's a possibility. The guard center group isn't that great this year, but you can find a couple decent ones early on. Um, I, I want to say that I've had defensive backs in their spot as well and, and tight ends. So the problem with tight ends, I just don't know that it's a great group. I don't know that. You know, if we look back in three or four years, we may see two or three solid to quality starters, another three, four, five guys who are in that decent, reliable, sort of good number two tight ends. And after that, I don't know. I mean, it feels like one of the weaker crops we've seen at that position in a few years. So receiver, I think, has to be on the list. You know, if somebody like, you know, Denzel Mims falls to that range – Somebody is going to fall. I mean, there, there will be a receiver who's available in that area. I mean, I, I feel like that's a position that maybe doesn't get talked about as much for the Bears. But, you know, I'd like to see them out a little dose speed, somebody who can take the top off the defense. So that's Mims, Brandon Ayuk, K.J. Hamler, guys like that. 
What about, um, speaking of receiver, a guy who has, Chase Claypool of Notre Dame, he's been described as kind of a wide receiver, tight end, hybrid, a super, super fast guy. He's described as a physical specimen. What do you think, he, or how do you think he would fit in with the Bears? Is he is he too much of a doesn't know exactly what the position is guy, or would he fit right in with the Bears? He's a little bit like Trey Burton in a sense. I mean, physically speaking, right? I mean, he's you know sort of a small you know uh, F type tight end as opposed to a big inline guy. But he's really he's played wide receiver in college. He's a great special teams guy too. So I mean. He, you watch his special teams tape, it's some of the best you'll see out of a starting player in college football last year. I thought he was great on those units. So, you know, really nice physique, like you said, runs fast, inconsistent hands at times, but I think a good a good receiver and a good, you know, goes and attacks the ball a little bit. So he's fascinating. I think he's a big slot. I think he's the guy who, call him a receiver, call him a tight end, whatever you want to call him, he'll be that physical guy who wins on the inside with mismatches, too big, too big for safeties, too fast for linebackers. And, you know, I don't know that he'll ever be a tremendous player. I think he'll be a good player, but that leaping ability, that natural athleticism he has for his size, you know, he really grew on me the more I watched it and, and the more that connection with Ian Book really took hold, especially. I really thought from, like, the fourth quarter of the Virginia Tech game through the end of the season – that connection was fantastic. Early in the year, they had trouble kind of hooking up a little bit, so it's hard to evaluate him until that point. All right, so offensive line, you mentioned um, Damian Lewis and just what I've read and what I've seen with him. He looks he looks impressive. Another another name that caught my eye, and I'll tell you why here in a second, is Cesar uh, Ruiz yeah. out of Michigan. He caught my attention, Eric, and the only reason he did – is because of obviously he, he's going to possibly be there in the second round for the Bears, but his NFL comp, at least according to to one scouting magazine, is James Daniels. Do you <laughs> see that? And is he a guy that you think would fit in with the Bears? Yeah, no, my two comps for him were James Daniels and then Garrett Bradbury, who was the the kind of the late first rounder for the Vikings last year. So, yeah, I think it's right on. I mean, I, I kind of laugh because that's who I thought of when I watched him. You know, not a big guy, but he's got. He sort of has that that James Daniels build, a little bit shorter, you know, more of the athletic type for center, but also the the big rear end, you know, that the NFL te- teams like. That's what they're looking for, you know, to have that good sort of trunk strength and that good mass in the middle. He's got massive hands. He's a young kid. I think he's only turning 21 on draft weekend. So, you know, got thrown into the fire at guard as a as a freshman. Struggled a little bit. Moved into center. Played great. Uh, I think he's a one position guy, but some teams think he can play guard too. So, you know, that's the one slight hesitation I have. And he could be gone by the time the Bears are on the clock. So, you know, unless they're prepared to move up for a guy like that, that's my one question. There's some late late one, very early two buzz on him right now. And if, if the Notre Dame tape was insane. I thought it was one of the best individual tapes I saw from an interior blocker this whole class and it just it was in bad conditions you know it was against a good front and he went out there and and you know on pulls and sweeps and everything and screens he was out there moving to the second level you know you saw him pointing out blitzes before the the snap he was just really you know there were a lot of games like that but the Notre Dame game really stood out for me you just totally sold me on Cesar Ruiz, man. <laughs> that was good. That's, hey, he's a um, good prospect. He's a smart kid, too. That, I, I like the looks of that. A um, couple yep. more safeties before 
I let you go. Um, and I got to admit, this is um, this is a blind spot in my game because I have never heard of the college. Is it Lenore Ryan? Is that the name? You of got the, it. That's the... it. Yeah, Mr. Lenore. Kyle Duggar, right? <laughs> yes. Tell us about safety Kyle Duggar and Lenore Ryan. Fascinating story. I mean, he he was actually getting a little bit more attention. I mean, he had no recruiting and you know attention whatsoever. Grew up around Georgia, around Atlanta. You know, this is a school that produced some college football talent. Nobody was coming after him. He walked on. Uh, I think he got a, maybe a preferred offer or something at Lenore Ryan, a school that hasn't produced an NFL draft pick since like 1999 or 2000. It's a D2 program, right? So it's not exactly an NFL hotbed, but slowly over time he grew. This is a kid who was like five foot six, 170 pounds when he when he got to high school. All of a sudden he's this six one, 217 pound strapping kid who ran a, a 4-4 at the junior day long jump broad jump everybody went all the scouts said where's Lenore Ryan and, and how do we get there so his name really popped up about one year ago and every NFL team went to visit Lenore Ryan which is just down the street from Appalachian State and they were impressed I mean there's a, a sort of a linebacker safety hybrid who could play deep he covered the slot He ran two punts back for touchdowns. He had a pick six on the third play of the season. Really impressive. Bears have done work on him. Uh, Buffalo Bills have been big on him. New York Jets, Carolina Panthers. Every NFL team has been in to see him, and he had a good senior bowl week, too. So he and Jeremy Chint from Southern Illinois are two of the least expected but pleasantly surprising safety prospects in this year's class. I think both going round two. Wow, and so you say linebacker, safety, some special teams hybrid. So, so you're basically saying Kyle Duggar is going to be Brian Urlacher in the NFL. Yeah, right, exactly. That's that's the comp for him. <laughs> no, he obviously, you know, you'd love to see a guy with, with Urlacher's size and everything like that. He's not quite that. I, I think he's going to be a great nickel safety. And you see teams use a lot of three safety looks, and they'll walk one up over a tight end or, you know, a slower receiver or something like that. So, uh, you know, he's still developing his instincts a little bit, Chin, too. I mean, Chin's a bigger version uh, of what Duggar is, really. But, you know, it's hard to it's hard to really know when you watch players in the D2 level, like, how are their skills really going to translate? So, early on, I think you have yeah. to sort of temper your expectations for a kid like that. Yeah, and you, you've mentioned, yeah, he was the other guy I wanted to talk about, Jeremy Chin, uh, the kid out yeah. of Southern Illinois, 6'3", 221. The NFL comp I see there, at least from one publication, was was Harrison Smith. Tell us more about him, and is he a guy that's gained momentum recently, or has he been a guy that scouts have had their eyes on a long time? Yeah, he really has. He's, he's blown up lately, and in fact, way more than I thought. I made him my number 80 overall player. Now, truth be told, I could only watch, I only saw the three days of the senior uh, bowl practice watch the game, also watch three of his games, two from this year, one from last year. So, you know, I didn't have a full picture on him. I had to rely on some of my scouting contacts and things like that. But super big athletic kid who can run. If you watch the old Miss tape, they gave up a ton of points two years ago. But, you know, he made a touchdown-saving tackle on A.J. Brown, who was a great rookie receiver for the, for the Titans. You know, he, he's somebody who at that size shouldn't move the way he does burned it up at the combine. I thought he was just okay at the senior bowl, but safety's a little tricky to project there. But his workout in Indy was phenomenal for a guy that big. And his uncle is Steve Atwater, who's just named the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Wow. Good bloodlines there, yeah. 
I don't think he'll be Steve Atwater, but <laughs> pretty good player, Mark. I, 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 again, it's like, yes, they played a couple of FBS schools. Yes, you know, it's one double A, so it's a step up from where Duggar was. You still wonder. I mean, he's a tick late. His instincts aren't quite refined yet. You wonder how how he'll handle an NFL offense. You know, I don't I don't really know. So, athletically though, he he absolutely fits the bill. Eric, great information. We'll continue to read you on Yahoo Sports and follow you on Twitter. I'd keep you on longer, but I got to go find my friend Steve Rosenblum. <laughs> Send out a search party. All right, man. Good hearing from you. <laughs> All right, Eric. That is that is Eric Edholm of Yahoo Sports. As you can see, you can throw any name at Eric, and he will give you a load of information on those guys. When we return, we might have Steve Rosenblum. We'll see um, whether or not we I think I tracked him have... down, Grody. Okay, it would appear, yes, Adam Studzinski right there has tracked down our friend Steve Rosenblum. Even if he's not here, what we're going to do is, you heard me allude to some of these other mock drafts that I've I went through about, I think I have about six different mock drafts and all credible places that you've probably heard of, and all of them have their ideas for the Bears in the second round at 43 and 50. When we return... I will tell you the names and positions of the Bears at 43 and 50, and we hope to have Steve Rosenblum back on the Rosenblum and Grody Show on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast oh hi mark what yeah i don't know what happened me and technology have always been enemies and technology one, thank you for carrying on with Eric at home. 
And, uh, yeah, we've Saturday kind of, Suckage earns its name. We've kind of kind of gotten over you. We've kind of gotten past the – we're going on without you here, Steve. I, I don't know if you heard, but um, that's it. Yeah, all right. You go right ahead. You read your draft stuff to us, and I'll just sit over here in the corner punching my – sticking needles in my technology voodoo doll. Did you get a chance to hear Eric at home though, or were you just furiously trying to get back? I, on the I air? heard part at the at the end where you were just throwing safety names and Lenoir, Ryan, Adam, and he was rattling off stuff as if he were the coach there. Yeah, no, I, I based on what the information he just gave me, I don't know mm-hmm. what the listeners think, but I finally have a guy. I've got a guy. <laughs> um, you have a guy. It, I have a guy. I asked him about. Cesar Ruiz, the uh, interior offensive lineman out of Michigan, and he sold me on Ruiz. 6'3", 307. Um, Just because he said said his smarts, his ability to point things out before the snap, he was raving about his tape um, in the Michigan-Notre Dame game. He says he's got, like, the, the perfect posterior for playing the position. His NFL comp, and maybe some people will or won't like this, but I like it. The NFL comp is James Daniels, who I do think is going to be a really damn good guard in this league. Um, He could play guard or center, as he did at Michigan. So I was sold out of all the offensive linemen that we discussed. Cesar Ruiz is the guy that I am sold on. He is my guy for possibly one of those picks in the second round. So I was going to ask if that was your first pick, and is this the guy that prevents the Bears from from actually using false start um, Afraidy? There will be no false starts next year. They will that problem will be oh, taken yeah, care of. Of course, they have a new offensive line coach, and all of that will be stricken from the record. Um, okay. Do you want me to go through some of these mock drafts I have real quick, like Steve, just so you could hear some? Yeah, of the I know we talked names. about that. We talked about them before the show, so that here the names come up and the positions. If not, if the names don't ring, for, um, if the names don't sound familiar, then the positions at least are an interesting, interesting decision. I saw um, far, uh, some of these drafts, mock drafts, all over the place. Yeah. So let me just, and I'll kind of go through the because I know we don't have a lot of time, but um, so from the Sporting News, they at number forty-three, they have one of those safeties, Grant Delpit. Um, out of LSU, 6'2", 213. Um, he is a guy who would fit in nicely with Eddie Jackson because he's really good at playing up closer to the line of scrimmage, good at stopping the run. He does make uh, big plays in downfield coverage. Um, at number 50, the Sporting News says, not Roquan Smith, but Raquan Davis. He is a defensive tackle out of Alabama, 6'6", 311. The NFL comp is DeForest Buckner. And he has made Steve for the 3-4 defense. It's a good thing to be made for since that's what the Bulls uh, Bears are playing. Bulls might be playing it too for all I know. Probably help them on the <laughs> defensive end. They could have seven guys out there to guard four. Um, SI.com, they, they do have at 43, my guy, Cesar Ruiz. 
and a safety at number 50. And this name may sound familiar to people around the state, to our friends to the south of us. Jeremy Chin, the safety out of Southern Illinois University, 6'3", 221. His NFL comp is Harrison Smith, the mighty Viking safety. Um, a guy that was not recruited heavily, overlooked in high school due to injuries. And he is a hot shot name right now and would possibly be there for the Bears in the second round. Um, NFL.com has, again, safety Grant Delpit, the safety out Ooh. of LSU. Yeah, Grant, Grant Delpit. Um, and then at number 50, tight end, your first tight end, Bryce Hopkins out of Purdue. Um, WalterFootball.com, which is a really good draft site. They have at number 43, Ezra Cleveland, offensive tackle out of Boise State, 6'6", 3'11", and a wide receiver, Jalen Rager, out of TCU, 5'11", 206, 447 speed. So he's he's got the blazing speed and said to be a smooth athlete. Um, Bleacher Report. They go with the safety, Kyle Duggar. Uh, have you ever heard, Steve, of Lenore Ryan, the college? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've okay. seen the name. I have no, no idea what else they do. I guess they play <laughs> All I football. Know now, all I know now is that they're near Appalachian State. Um, okay. And then at number 50, I like this one. They have, Bleacher Report has Cole Komet, the Notre Dame tight end, going to the Chicago Bears. So that would give the Bears um, 11 tight ends. <laughs> you are correct. I wrote a last one about. I wrote a parody about the the Bears tight ends. Yeah. Did you? Last one. Okay. Last one from CBS. They have at number forty three. The Bears taking wide receiver Chase Claypool, more like Les Claypool, um, out of Notre Dame. Six four two thirty eight. Like it. Wide receiver, tight end, hybrid, 4-4-2 speed. That's awesome for all you youngsters out there. And then finally, at number 50, uh, the offensive lineman, Damian Lewis, out of LSU, said to be a one-on-one mauler, uh, 6-2-3-27. He would be a guard prospect, Damian Lewis. So there you go, just throwing names at you. Wait, Damian Lewis is a guy from Billions. Isn't that Bobby Axelrod? Isn't that the actor's name, Damian Lewis? Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. That is same guy, so, same name, not the same guy. We call that a homonym. Thank you. The yeah. um, the CBS draft. I also found that interesting. In the seventh round, they had the Bears taking Tyler Huntley, the man with two first names or two last names, two last names, quarterback from the Utah Utes. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. You know, the general manager said he wants to t- draft a quarterback every year, and he didn't. And the one time he did draft, he traded up for the worst of the three quarterbacks you could have chosen. So I found that, I, as we discussed earlier, that I have no idea where they're going to spend that pick. But you talked about one way or another, they're going to have to draft a quarterback. They, they almost... They almost traded themselves and signed themselves into a corner and not signed that not extended the contract themselves into a corner to where they have to take a quarterback this draft. Yeah, Other, they do. Otherwise, I mean, and, and it's priority really, free agent. It, it's it's a and it, it, this would be a perfect time to develop that quarterback because th- there's no chance that he would play this year unless there's serious injury in the quarterback's room. So you actually have a chance to properly 
develop a potential successor to Nick Foles unless Mitchell Trubisky works out and he's your quarterback of the future. Okay, speaking of Mitchell Trubisky, before we go to break, I want to share this with you. It's a story from Phil Thompson in the Tribune about Joseph Khalil. He's a Bears fan and a restaurant owner, a place called Chipmunks in Lakeview. And there's a sign about social distancing placed. It was placed prominently in his restaurant, and the sign read, During this coronavirus outbreak, remember to remain at least 10 feet away from others. If you're wondering how far that is, picture a Bears wide receiver and then imagine where Trubisky threw the pass. That distance is about 10 feet. That's just cheap. That's a cheap shot, Steve. (laughs) I won't have it. Go Bears! I will not have it. A customer complained, and he took it down. He's really a fan of Trubisky and a Bears fan, and he couldn't resist. That's how ripe the whole thing is. Guys, no less than five people sent that to me in about a 12-hour period this week. Oh, yeah? Did you see this? Like, yes, yes, I'm aware. I actually don't speak funny, too. I wanted to share it with the crowd. I thought it was a very nice way to to go into break as we talk about amid the pandemic and um, the Bears drafting and Ryan Pace. It's not that the Bears are going to draft a quarterback. It's that Ryan Pace is going to make another quarterback decision. So you just put your head between your legs and watch out, Bears fans. It's bad news coming. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back on the other side, we we have a um, uh, Bears a Bulls interview Will Purdue, we have a Bulls interview with Will Purdue with Dan Bernstein about the new guy in charge. It was revealing. It was enlightening. And uh, Will Purdue has been, has, is a terrific interview, and we'll share that with you next. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, bye, Mark. Bye. Bye, Steve. <laughs> We're um, ditching out of here. We have... Uh, top of the hour we have uh the the highest scoring playoff game in nfl history 2009 wild card game green bay in arizona at five o'clock we have game one of the world series in 2016 pat hughes ron coomer joe ostrowski live before the game after the third inning the sixth and post game that's today at five i want to thank adam studzinski for um for getting us through this thing and here's interview that Dan Bernstein did with Will Perdue about the new Bulls Ubermacher, the guy in charge, lead them back to wherever they're going to go. Thank everybody for listening. Thank everybody for texting and for bearing with us. We hope this Saturday suckage, um, major quarantine or isolation a little bit easier. I want to thank the doctors, nurses, everybody on the front line, the mail carriers, and grocery store workers and everybody who has to meet the public and is considered an essential worker, thank you for what you do. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Just remember this, my girl, when you look up in the sky, you can see the stars and still not see the light. When two years we really completely turned the roster over, I do think that given some of the versatility, probably play small at times and and we're, you know we're still missing you know a, a piece in terms of you know our, our wing depth with with Chandler Hutchinson who's been out the, the whole preseason when we get him back in the fold you know, he gives us a little bit of a different element too so you know on paper it's all good we're we're zero and zero so everybody's you know <laughs> feeling good about things but 
You know, we're, we've got to we've got to come together on the floor, and that's always the biggest thing as a team. That was John Paxson with Mulligan Haw in October, and obviously it didn't happen. They didn't come together on the floor. Everything fell apart completely, and that has led us to today and regime change. Long anticipated, much wanted, and finally realized regime change. Arturis Karnaschovas is going to be handed the reins of Bulls basketball. And here to talk about that is the guy you hear talking about Bulls basketball before, during, and after games on NBC Sportsnet, Will Purdue. He is on Twitter at Will underscore Purdue 32. He's on the Alpamani Ford hotline, Alpamani Ford in Melrose Park. Well, Will, this day has been a long time coming, and you and I have had a lot of conversations about the direction of this basketball team, and this is going to be, at the very least, a a breath of fresh air as we figure out... uh, what this man's going to do, who he's going to hire, and where they're going to go. What are your thoughts when you when you found out the actual name? Well, I think that uh, the Bulls fans should be very excited about the ability to, to land this guy and to bring him in. I understand that you know people may be thinking, well, it's not the first guy. At the end of the day, we don't know that. And I think that... Uh, we should be very happy, and I think that we could end up being the Seattle Supersonics in the fact that uh, we had the second pick and got Kevin Durant. Because anything, and when I started hearing, you know, Karnasovas' name, I made a few phone calls to some friends of mine, not only in the league, but to guys that are some general managers for other teams. And everybody spoke highly of him. He's been at every level, started out in the league and worked his way through a couple different teams. And I think this is a, a solid hire for the Bulls. I think a guy that has a good knowledge. And probably the biggest thing that everybody talked about was his uh, ability to identify talent, but also the relationship with the players that he's had over the years with the teams that he's worked with. And I think that's very important. He played college basketball with Adrian Griffin, who was an assistant under Tom Thibodeau and is considered a, a, a riser among the ranks of NBA coaches. It might be too early to start talking about the, the coaches and the coaching staff, but I'm wondering what other what other connections are out there. Are we able to sort of project some possibilities here for some, some other Bulls, be it front office or on the bench? Well, that's what we don't know, <clears throat> you know, because... When I was talking to these other uh, general managers and members of the league, they all said, well, listen, everybody has their little circle. When they're in that position, you know, when he was an assistant at uh, Denver, you know, he wasn't the head guy, but they all are developing their inner circle that if I ever get a job where I can start hiring guys, these are the guys I'm going to hire. We don't know who those guys are. But also at the same time, just like what the Bulls experienced, Karnasovas may have an idea of who he wants to bring in to be the general manager, who he wants to bring in to fill certain positions. But there may be teams and guys that he's identified that the teams that they work for won't let him or for one reason or another because of their direction that they're in with the organization they're currently with. They may not want to make that change. So we don't know 100% you know, exactly who he's going to bring in, but – Again, that being said, I think that the Bulls should be applauded for making the change. And I also think people need to understand that John Paxson 
was the one that was pushing for this. And, you know, he'll have some role in the organization. We don't know what that is. But my understanding is is that he is not going to be the guy looking over Karnas Sovas' shoulder, criticizing everything and anything he does. If Karnas Sovas asks him for his opinion, he's going to give it. But otherwise, now he's turning over the reins, and he's going to allow Karnas Sovas to do his job to bring in the people he wants. And that way, if this thing doesn't work out, it's one guy's responsibility and one guy's only. One of the best aspects of this is the fact that no opinion that anybody in the building has about any of the players on the roster has to matter. It might if Karnatrovas wants it to, but it doesn't have to. And that means that all the new people can look at all the tape, every game that's been played. And, you know, we heard Paxson talking about Chandler Hutchison, whoever it may be, whether it's uh, Shaq Harrison or Kobe White or Wendell Carter Jr. or Lowry Markin and anybody involved, they can say, you know what, this guy's been used improperly or people don't see this trait that I see and, 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 a, and an ability to exploit something that we think we can use. The fact that now there's going to be consistency in ideas, in philosophy with the coaching staff and an understanding of, of what we do with this player and how we get the most out of this player all bets are off right now. Whatever our definitions are, whatever people thought, now this is all natural resources now, and everything can be open to restructuring, rebuilding, even down to what positions they're supposed to be playing. I think that's really exciting. I just wonder how terrifying it can be, if not exhilarating, from that player's perspective. Well, you you test the player's confidence. I can promise you that. Because now... You, you just hit it right on the head, Dan. All these players, regardless of how good they are, whether it's Zach Levine to Shaq Harrison to Otto Porter, who they traded for, your confidence now is going to be tested because, yeah, you're telling yourself, um, I have this specific skill set. I feel like I can do this. I'm making this much money. But at the end of the day now, that's, the history is now just that history. We're back to square one. And hopefully, as you talked about every player from top to bottom, Zach Levine now to Lowry marketing, hopefully these guys all see this as a, a fresh start, B a clean slate, C motivation to realize that, Hey, I have to prove myself to this guy, not only on the floor, but off the floor. But let's also be very clear. A, we don't know how much, you know, Karnasovas as a whole knows about this team. I can guarantee you that he's been on the fast track ever since that his name has been mentioned and the Bulls reached out. He's been watching a lot of tape. But there's also enough tape out there. There's enough information out there that he will know and the people that he hires will know who these players are individually. Now the decision needs to be made. Was the offense they were running correct for this group of players? Was this player, as you mentioned, being used correctly? Do I think that his skill set is different than what they were using him for? And even quite possibly, do I feel like this guy has a specific skill set that works better somewhere else for a team or, or an organization that could use this guy to possibly be the missing piece to win a championship where we can get back 
significant assets because that's the other thing as you talked about I don't think any player on this on this roster currently is safe I don't think there's any player that somebody's going to walk in and say this guy is staying this is the guy we're building around I mean as you talk about a it's exciting but also there's a lot of unknown and we as I'll say my my position right now as a fan of this organization and wanting this team to get back to relevancy, how long is that going to take? Because are we going to actually go backwards before we go forwards? Or is this guy going to be able to work out, work magic very quickly, whether it's make trades, bring in the right coach? There's a lot of unknowns that can happen between now and whether it's the end of this season, which I think is pretty much over for the Bulls, in the beginning of next season, and we don't even know when that is. So there's a lot of unknowns, and I guarantee you that uh, the ball is already rolling as far as the direction he thinks he can go and who he wants to bring in. I also find it fascinating that he prepared scouting reports on so many of the Bulls players. Because the Bulls roster is so young, he's got a file on Every one of these guys, when they came out, what he thought of them in his role, whether it was director of scouting when he was with Houston or as general manager when he was in Denver. So it could be that this he watches tape of the Bulls and he's like, yeah, they're just they're using this guy wrong. I always saw him as this and they're using him as this. And maybe they're right, maybe they're wrong. But the fact is, he's got his own well-researched opinion of what these guys were and maybe a lot of this is sort of is undoing some things that were done before they they could be rebuilt into what he envisioned yeah and that's where you know that's kind of like a, as you just mentioned that's kind of like sometimes a college coach's mentality because a lot of times when you talk to these college coaches who bring in four and five star guys they talk about okay hey i gotta break this guy down take away his bad habits and then build him back up and be the player that I think he can be, the guy that we recruited, the image that we see him becoming. And I think that's why I mentioned, do we actually see a little bit of a recession? And not necessarily in in games won or lost, but in the sense of identifying roles, identifying what guys can do. Because we have to be honest with ourselves here. When Otto Porter opts in, which everybody I've talked to, 100% of the people that I've talked to, said that he would be foolish not to opt in on his contract. When he opts in, that pretty much locks the Bulls up. So the only way they can have any kind of movement is by obviously moving up in the draft, possibly getting a really, really high draft pick. And when I say high, I don't mean just a lottery pick, one or two, because Technically, the draft in itself is not supposed to be, you know, an impact draft. There may be a couple impact players, but on a whole, somewhat weak, meaning not that these guys can't play, but compared to years past, not as good, or the ability to make some trades. And that also, let's let's be honest, trades are about developing relationships with other general managers, other presidents, other organizations to make those trades. Because whether people want to agree with it or not, sometimes trades aren't made because it's personal. So what kind of relationship has this guy built as he's gone from team to team and as he's developed himself in Denver? I'm glad you said that 
because we heard him talk about the front offices in which he's participated and how they're constantly on the phone, whether it's it's not reactive. It's not, well, I, I guess we got to call some people about this. He said, always thinking, always calling another executive with an idea. Say, hey, would this make both of us better? Is this something you might want to talk about? If this guy is this, is this something you want to talk about down the line? That it's a, it's a dynamic and ongoing process that it sounds to me like the Bulls hadn't really engaged in, that there were times and places that they... We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. 